Hello, everyone, and welcome back. <laughs> I love us. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fast Pass, the history podcast in close to 30 minutes or less, minus the episode where we were drunk. Thank you guys and, for... And t- Ross Boutine. Oh, shit. That was a long episode, too. Thank you guys for tuning in, even though we gave you false claims. As always, I'm tired. I'm hungry. Just kidding. I'm Megan, but I'm also tired. And I'm Jason, and I'm also tired. I'm also hungry, too. Just a little bit. Today, we'll be looking into a infamous nuclear accident, Chernobyl. HBO did a whole mini-series on it, too. Yes, they did. And we'll talk a little bit about the historical accuracies and inaccuracies of that at the end. But for now, we got to focus on the incident. So this happened on April 25th of 1986. I feel like when I learn about things, um, it doesn't. I don't recognize how like close to today these happened. Yeah. Like this was like 40 years ago. Yeah. Crazy. And it would happened in Soviet-controlled Ukraine. Again, the Soviet Union feels like so far away, but it wasn't. So it happened due to a, quote, flawed Soviet reactor design coupled with serious mistakes made by plant operators, unquote. Damn. Now, (laughs) Chernobyl, the area, was chosen for nuclear power plants for many reasons. First, um, it was not that densely populated. Good call. Yeah. So there were no immediate cities around it. So, like, in the event that a tragedy happened, less people would get harmed. Perfect. Uh, Yeah. The closest city was three kilometers away. It was called... Pripyat. Okay. And there was only 500... Wow. And there was only 50,000 citizens. Okay. And the other reason why was it was wooded. It was but a big enough area where you could literally make a man-made lake to cool down the reactors. Interesting. I I didn't know they'd made a man-made lake for Chernobyl. They did. They did. Did it help? It still exploded. Still exploded. So um, the place that it happened where it all went down was called Chernobyl 4. I know. The most innovative name there were three before it there were three other reactors yeah oh shit uh actually there's like pictures from reactor three looking over reactor four because they're they just shut down production Mm -hmm. in 2011 of the other reactors what why 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 you would think after the first explosion you would stop using the reactors you would think that the place would be so irradiated you wouldn't want to step in it exactly (laughs) why are you going back in you don't know. Oh, God. Now, um, there were four nuclear reactor units, right? So Chernobyl 1 and 2 were constructed between 1970 and 1977. Then two more units of the same design were constructed later in 1983. There were another two reactors that were in construction at the time of the accident. I don't know if they were ever finished. Now, the reactor is known as a, quote, and uh, there's a lot of science, but this is important because, like, that's what happened. Oh, but science. this is known as a, quote, graphite-moderated pressure tube-type reactor, which used slightly enriched uranium dioxide fuel. That's important. Um, it is a boiling light water reactor with two loops, so if you could just imagine loops, feeding steam directly into turbines without the intervent... Without inter... What? Without... Intervening? Yeah, without an intervening heat exchanger. So All right, that's a lot of words. Yes, but basically what happened is the steam heated up the uranium making energy. Okay. At least that's what I understand of it. Okay. Instead of like having like an oven, like you're like your steam cooking dumplings instead of putting them in an oven or something. Okay. Great. So the moderator, which 
quote, slows down the neutrons to make them more efficient in producing fission in the fuel uh, was graphite surrounding the pressure tubes. So there were these tubes. Wow, this is going to be... You had a bunch of tubes surrounded by pencils. The tip of them. Only the tip of them were graphite. Got it. So it's like you, you literally have a pencil. Wonderful. Now that's really important later, these tipped graphite things. A mixture of nitrogen and helium is circulating between the graphite blocks to prevent oxidation of the graphite and to improve the transmission of heat. All right, so there's a whole lot of science going on. <laughs> so sorry. And if you understand all of this, uh, I, I'll make you cookies. <laughs> um, and if you understand all of this, you're probably a liar. Now, the core was 7 meters high and 12 meters in diameter. Each of these uh, had two loops, and there are four main coolant circulating pumps, which are always on standby in case of uh, overheating. Got it. So there was some kind of uh, safety involved in this. Which is a good call. The reactivity or power of the reactor is controlled by raising and lowering 211 control rods. Those were the graphite-tipped things. Okay. Um, when they were lowered into the moderator, uh, they absorbed neutrons and reduced to reduce the fission rate. All right. Again, a lot of science. Thank you, worldnuclear.org, for that. Um, now, there were safety precautions installed in all this, like I mentioned before, obviously, um, because this was a massive energy source. Mm -hmm. But sometimes these... <laughs> These safety precautions are just not enough. Uh, which would explain the... Explosion part? The explosion, the meltdown, and uh, a lot of death and destruction. Yeah. Now, this type of reactor, which is called the RBMK, it was only used in the Soviet Union. No other countries used this type of reactor because it had characteristics that were rejected by pretty much everyone, including the U.S., because it was known for it to be unstable at startup and shutdown, and to have a tendency to increase power when it was meant to reduce power. Why are you stupid? Why are you stupid? I like I don't know, going to work and being like, I'm gonna turn on the computer and it may or may not explode would make me like concerned. Oh yes, I am going to work. If I turn on the computer, there's a small chance of nuclear meltdown, which may or may not blow up the entire unit that I'm working on. Let's do it. <laughs> Fuck it, let's go. Uh, now, on April 26, 1986, prior to a routine shutdown, the reactor crew at Chernobyl 4 began prepping a test to determine how long the turbines would spin and supply power to the main circulating pump following a loss of main electrical power supply. So I guess they're just doomsday prepping. Yeah, it's like if we so lost like, power, would this be able to go on without us kind of thing. Could this thing survive with no person manning it? Yeah, which is really smart of them because... Without melting down. <laughs> Without melting down. I mean, it's the Soviet Union. We're in a cold war with them. Yeah. So I think it's quite smart for them. Now, they had done this same test a year before without any issue, uh, but they found that the power from the turbine ran too rapidly. So they decided to make some design changes, and this was the test to see if those changes worked or not. Okay. Solid. Uh, this, <laughs> this is where the catastrophe all really started now. Ah, uh, fuck. See, they had done another test earlier in the day separate from this test, which left the reactor unstable. Because of course it did. Now, they should have waited until it was stable again to go on and do this test, but they did not. Because of course they didn't. Operators had run... Because that would be the fucking smart thing to do. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like if you're working at a nuclear fucking reactor, you're not like, well, things aren't exactly where they're supposed to be, but... They're close enough. Like, close enough only works in, in horseshoes and hand grenades. 
And this shit was a hand grenade. <laughs> it was a hand grenade. Turned up to 13, like Jesus. Um, so operators had run the plant at very low power without adequate safety precautions and without properly coordinating or communicating this procedure with the safety personnel, who would have probably advised them to wait until the core was stable. So running at a low power made it inherently unstable. And they didn't tell the safety people. So it's like, oh yeah, we did nothing wrong. Everything's perfectly fine. It's okay. We didn't do things because we had to do... So it's literally them trying to cut costs or cut corners. It was just the guy, like, literally saw that it was, like, a low power, and he's like, oh, fuck it, let's do it anyway. It, it's because, like, when, I guess he was like, one other time am I going to do this test? Maybe tomorrow, honey. I mean, you could, you could <laughs> literally tomorrow. do it tomorrow if it saves fucking lives. It gets better, Jay. Okay. As part of the experiment, the engineers disconnected the reactor's emergency safety systems and its power regulating system. Fuck. Next, they ran the reactors at power levels so low that the reactor became more unstable. Wonderful. Then they removed too many of the reactor control rods, those graphite-tipped rods, and attempt to power it up again. Um, the output... So now, remember how I was saying when you try to, like, lower the power, sometimes it raises the power? That was the problem with this model? That's exactly what happened. The output rose, uh... and it was difficult to control it. They couldn't control it. But the engineers were like, uh, we're going to continue. We're going to fix it. We're going to get it. We're gonna, it's fine. It's fine. We're good. We're good. We got this. We're so, okay. Yeah. So they continued the experiment and they shut down the turbines to see if the inertial spinning would power the reactor's water pumps from that lake that they made, mm -hmm. which it did not. Okay. Without the needed cooling water, the power level surged. Now, to prevent a meltdown, the operators inserted all 200 plus control rods into the reactor at once. The, the point, yeah, see, the thing is, uh, the control rods in general are supposed to just absorb any of the excess power, and that's that's what their purpose is. Mm -hmm. The problem is... They didn't have any of the cooling, so they well, superheated? No. The problem is the graphite tips. Uh, so, okay. before the control rods were five meters into the absorbent material, the graphite tips had entered which facilitated a reaction and caused the explosion that blew off the heavy steel and concrete lid of the reactor. So before the rods could make it in, the graphite, the graphite tips fucking exploded. Yes, which is why no one else used graphite tips but the USSR, mm. because they were prone to this. So this was uh, not a nuclear explosion, actually, because power plants cannot make that reaction, but this is instead called a chemical explosion, led by the gases and the steam that were generated during the graphite reaction. So it was a graphite explosion, not a nuclear explosion. Because if it was a nuclear explosion, it would have been a lot larger. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's not con te technically considered a nuclear explosion. But got it. Got it. But it there was, was still uh, there was a really bad. bunch of nuclear uh, stuff involved, which carried out everywhere and leaked because there was no more containment. Yep. yep. Because of the chemical explosion. So the um, non-explosion, well, the chemical explosion, it started a fire that released more than... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck... Which released more than 50 tons of radioactive material into the atmosphere, uh, which was carried around by air currents. How far it went depended on the weather and the wind. Great. Great. So, so whether or not you become irradiated is entirely up to Mother Nature. Pretty much. Pretty Beautiful. Much. Now Beautiful. that fire burned for 10 whole days. Beautiful. Releasing a large amount of radiation into the atmosphere. Now, Chernobyl 4 did not have the same fortified containment structure that was common of other nuclear power plants in other countries. Another reason why they didn't use this model, mm -hmm. um, which led to the radioactive material escaping into the surrounding environment as well. 
Oh, dear. Soviet scientists um, reported that the Chernobyl 4 reactor contained 190 metric tons of uranium dioxide fuel and fission products. Oh, God. An estimated 13 to 30% of that escaped into the atmosphere. 30, up to 30%. Up to 30. Of 190 metric tons. Holy freaking crap. And that just leaked out into the... Uh, how did the entire land not become irradiated and, like, unlivable? Well, just wait, because we'll get to that. Oh, God, no. Now, contamination on the accident depended on the weather, like I said before, but a large, large area was contaminated. They say that Belarus uh, received about 60% contam- contamination. Oh, dear. A large area of the Russia Confederation was also contaminated and were parts of northwest Ukraine. That's that's a pretty far reach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, on April 27th, they decided to start evacuating Priapet, um, and 30,000 people were relocated. Now, that town has a, a, ma- a population of 50,000. Okay. So 20,000 were just... Still there. Chilling. On April 28th, a Swedish radiation monitoring system, Sweden... Sweden. Um, reported that levels were 40% higher than normal. Sweden. Sweden, which is pretty freaking far from the Ukraine. That's a good freaking distance. And it was later on that day that the Soviet Union publicly announced the nuclear action at Chernobyl. No one knew. No one, not even Priapat, knew why they were getting evacuated until Sweden had called them out on their bullshit, basically. And that's two days. What? That's two days of radiation leaking. That's two days of radiation poisoning. That's two days of irradiated land that people are eating food from, getting milk from, water from. Two days later, everyone finds out because Sweden realizes that something's fucking wrong. Yeah. So, let's so get... <laughs> literally, if Sweden didn't find out, no one would have found out for yeah. longer. Because imagine, like, that made the Soviet Union look so bad, and they obviously still already had bad press, so they're like... Let's just not tell anyone, including our citizens. Uh, if we don't say anything, no one's going to know. No one's going to know. But now they know. They went for the sweeping it under the rug technique. America's pretty good at that one, too. Mm. Oof. Now, to clean up the accident that happened at Chernobyl 4, they first tried to use robots. So basically, it blew apart the um, roof. Okay. But there were a highly irradiated parts of this roof mm-hmm. that they had to get off. Okay. So they were like, great, we're going to use robots from Japan. We're going to use robots from this. Um, so they didn't have to contaminate themselves with the radiation. But the radiation levels were so high that the robots stopped working six seconds in. So wow, they decided to uh, get volunteers who did not properly understand what being a part of this contaminated material meant for them. Mm-hmm. And the people didn't have adequate gear for the protection. They didn't, like, give them, hey, hey, here's some stuff that's going to help you. It's like, hey, bring your own stuff and we'll take care of it. It was kind of like that. They had, um, like, you should have lead. Like, lead is everything. Yeah. They had lead aprons, but the rest of their body was pretty much, like, fair game. So you pretty much have, like, people who just visited the dentist walking in. Yeah. Oh, dude, no. Uh, it was makeshift. And, like I said, the people didn't know what they were volunteering for, really. And so then they took this radioactive debris and they threw it off the side of the building onto the ground where it was later covered in the sarcophagus. Wonderful. The people who did this received a radiation dose of 100 REM. The average annual dose for a U.S. citizen is 
REM. That's literally 100 times the annual dose for the U.S. citizen. And more. And more, yeah. Because we do 0.6. That's half so of So 100? It's almost like 200 times. Jeez. Now, firefighters were obviously sent on top of the roof to put out the fire first, and they too suffered high radiation poisoning. Of course they did. It was, uh... Now, in this sarcophagus, which hasn't been opened in years, there is something called the elephant's foot, which oh is... Oh my you've God. You've heard about that, right? Yes. There's only one recorded picture of the elephant's foot being taken, and you can actually look it up. I would. It's freaky. So this guy, he couldn't get too close to it because, like, you would fucking die. Yeah, wasn't the thing where it's like you look at it and you die? Pretty much. Because it's just that irradiated? And the thing is, the guy who took the picture died two days later from radiation poisoning. Yeah, and didn't he take the picture of it, like, through a mirror? Through a mirror. Because if... He couldn't get too close, so he had to take it through a mirror, and even then, he was still too close yes. to it and died two days later? Yeah, from that wow. severe amount of radiation That's poisoning. That's wild. So, the sarcophag- it's, it lives in the sarcophagus. No other pictures have been taken of it, and they say that that will continue to burn for millennia after we're gone. Oh, uh, that's that ridiculous. Radiated. So what do they do for the villages around the area? Sometimes they dug huge holes in front of the houses and buried the whole ass house under the earth. I mean, they didn't know what other way to deal with the radiation that was inside the house. Let's just bury villages. The... They did. They, they raised whole villages that way. I guess they were like close to the... Mm. I mean, there was no, like, big town, but if, like, you live, like, I don't know, like, four feet from Chernobyl, they're like, ah, just bury your whole house. Screw you, screw your house. Which then, obviously, everything. like, you're putting radiation back into the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chernobyl caused two immediate deaths and 29 deaths from acute radiation sickness in the course of three months after. Radiation death is really, really slow and painful. Mm-hmm. Altogether... 237 people were airlifted from Chernobyl to Moscow and treated there in a special clinic. Again, I urge you guys to look up pictures because they're literally in a bubble. And, like, you have to stick your hands in through those, like, uh, like sleeve things. They don't even get to touch the people who were irradiated. And they're wearing, like, hazmat suits. And probably with lead, like they were supposed to. Damn. Only in Moscow. Um, now... Of the 237 people that were airlifted, 134 of these people showed symptoms of acute radiation syndrome. Mm. Reports are that 50 people died of acute radiation syndrome and that 4,000 will die of future radiation illness. Wow. Now, (laughs) this is my favorite part. The official death toll ranges from 4,000 to 90,000 people. From 4 to 90,000. Oh, God, that, that hurts me inside. Now, let's talk about that radiation. It hurt them inside, too. No, it hurt them inside, too. I think one of the one of the 29 deaths from acute radiation sickness was the guy who took the picture mm. of the elephant's foot. Again, please look that up. Now, let's talk about how everyone got so irradiated, I guess. Yeah. So, the irradiation escaped into the atmosphere. There were several times the amount of that that was produced by both atomic bombs from Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Oh, yeah, because there was, like, a lot more used, but it wasn't... Uh, a nuclear explosion so it it leaked out constantly rather than all at once right yeah. uh no it just means that in general like when you drop the bomb on hiroshima and nagasaki radiation is still there yeah it it, it lingers it lingers this was but double. this one was like this a was lot more more than both of those combined in the small area fun yeah the, that level of radiation spread over northern and eastern europe it contaminated millions of people and millions of acres of farmland. 
Um, an estimated 5,000 Soviet citizens eventually died from cancer and other illnesses caused by the radiation from Chernobyl. Oh, here it is. Yeah, it wasn't until 2000, sorry, that the last working reactors were shut down and the plant was officially closed in Chernobyl. 2000. 2000. So that's 19 years ago. You gonna look it up? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I said 2011 before, but that was a mis mistake. I'm sorry. So Chernobyl... 1986 is when it happened. 1986. To 2000. It took you that long to shut down the other reactors? Yeah. Yeah, there's like... What are you, dumb? It's the Soviet Union. They... A little bit. Goddamn. Now, in the first five years of the accident in the Ukraine, uh, cases of cancer among children increased by more than 90%. Damn. In the next 20 years, 5,000 cases of thyroid cancer were reported in Russia, the Ukraine, and Belarus among people who were younger than 18 at the time of the incident. Damn. For some reason, this type of radiation affected specifically the thyroid mm -hmm. because everyone who's dying from Chernobyl-related illnesses, it's all thyroid cancer. Mm. I don't know what specifically leaked into the air that gave them that, but that's, that's what happened. Close to 7 million people received compensation for the effects of the fallout that happened after Chernobyl. But that's just a Band-Aid, really. That's like being like, oh, you got irradiated? Here's $20. You're still going to die young, but you got $20. I mean, it's probably more than $20. Okay, don't quote me on that. Still, the fact that 7 million people received compensation because they got cancer, because the government fucked up. Yeah. The government that's meant to protect you couldn't give a single shit if you lived or died, pretty much. Wonderful. Now, however, the UN did a study and found that there were significant shortcomings to the countermeasures they took. Mm -hmm. Even though they took raising villages making our sarcophagus. They said in the first weeks, management of animal fodder and milk production, including prohibiting the consumption of fresh milk, would have significantly helped reduce the dose to the thyroid from this radioiodine. So basically the problem with this is that the irradiated the areas... The animals the got animals, irradiated the and then they got, got the food from those animals. Exactly. So more people... Oh, God. It's like they didn't think that far ahead what no. would happen. So... They're saying the doses from the radiation, some of it's from animals. Hey, here's some irradiated animal milk or meat. Have this for your food and just get thyroid cancer. And also plants. Think about plants, too. If the ground's irradiated. Oh, yeah, because it was, what, it was 100? Let's see, how much farmland was fucked? Oh, a lot. <laughs> Fucking too much farmland was fucked? Yeah. Well, it's the Ukraine. They're, they're primarily farm-based area. Yeah, so the entire... Oh, God, their entire food um, source, their entire food source just gets fucked oh. over in like one big exactly. middle finger because they wanted to cut corners and cut costs. Yeah. Um, they say that, quote, there is no doubt that a substantial contributor to the excess incidence of thyroid cancer has been an exposure to radioactive release during the Chernobyl accident. So they the U.N. solidified what we thought that thyroid cancer in those areas are probably from Chernobyl. Mm. Now, let's talk about the HBO series for a moment, because it is not completely historically inaccurate, nor is it completely historically accurate. There are, they're very accurate in the surroundings and the clothing, so the set, basically. Okay. The set and costume were astoundingly accurate. People would tweet being like, wow, I remember that specifically from that time. Mm -hmm. um, they also got the Soviet courts down to a T. The prosecutor in the courts held more power than the judge in the Soviet Union, and okay. that was shown through this as well. Um, it's also true how nonchalant they were about radiation exposure. As I said before, they were just like, hey, people, come shovel really radiated stuff off the roof. And they're like, 
okay. And they're like, that's no big deal. Cool. I'm going to get paid to shovel shit. They were extremely reckless with the radiation exposure. And that's why so many people were exposed with such lethal levels. Like the workers. Yeah. Um, Most of the actors also played real people as well, saying and doing things that they were reported to have said and done, which is good. So it's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. But um, there was one inaccuracy, which is a big part of the show, apparently, a suicide note by Valerie Legastoff. Um, And not that the note itself is inaccurate, but rather it was like the things that we're saying in the note was not his. They were paraphrased from a monologue from something called The Truth About Chernobyl. In real life, he was also known to be a partier, and he was only chosen for the job because his commitment to the Communist Party, not because he was qualified. In the show, it makes him seem like he was qualified for the job. Okay. And it's not necessarily that these aren't facts, that they didn't use facts, but they chose, they pick and chose what facts they use in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Some are altered. Like, for example, and this is, I think, one of the biggest things. Um, I remember my dad watching it. There was this thick black smoke cloud that was shown over the plant as it exploded. Okay. That's not true. That was yeah. added for theatrics. Because I feel like if there's like a big black smoke cloud, everyone's going to notice it and be like, hey, what the hell's going on? Exactly. The, <laughs> there was no thick black smoke after it. It was a cloud. Because if there was, the villagers would have noticed, you're right. Yeah. Um, and they would have said something. There were, There was no smoke. When it exploded... The radiation made no smoke, made no color. It was clean. It looked like clean air. So there was no smoke to this fire. Maybe, I think they said one that looked like if a helicopter crashed, like that amount of smoke, if anything. Wow. If any, That's not a lot, all things considered. No. So that's why people were blissfully ignorant about this happening until the government finally owned up to the accident. Mm-hmm. So they were forced to own up to the accident. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, like, small inaccuracies and, like, small picking and choosing what facts to use, things like that. But it's, when you're writing anything historically even semi-accurate, you're going to have to have liberties taken because we weren't there. No one was there. And the Soviet government tried to hide a lot of this because they didn't want to getting out how bad it actually was. Yeah. I think they just okayed Chernobyl for uh, visitations recently. Yeah. Don't those influencers go there now? Yeah, there was a... A big thing, like, pretty much as soon as Chernobyl opened to the public to be visited, of a bunch of fucking idiots going there and then taking pictures of them, like, wearing nothing. Like, not, like, being naked, but doing, like, scantily clad pictures. Like, wearing definitely things that are not up to code when you're visiting (laughs) an irradiated area. Like, you are some kind of stupid to do that. And it's like people freaking died. Like, yeah. the animals from there, Chernobyl puppies, you can finally adopt them. Finally. Finally. But it's generations of dogs that it had to go through for the radiation. Like, those... I can only... I mean, I know in HBO they showed a lot of people, like, killing off livestock. I don't really think that happened either. But... Yeah, because they didn't do it until... <laughs> if they did do if it... they did. They didn't do it until much later on when the UN's like, hey, you're a goddamn idiot. So, it's just like, I don't know. It's stupid. But I give them props for writing about this. Hearsay happens, conflicting reports happens, but I think this show did a really good job in showing the severity of this disaster, mm-hmm. whether they had to theatrically put it up to a 10 when it was actually like... Maybe like a 7. Like a 7. Um, not that it wasn't like a 10 in severity, but like it, you didn't look, it didn't look like a 10 when you're looking at the plant yeah. and the reactor. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is Chernobyl, and that's all I could find. Like I said, it's 
tough to find things on this because there are a lot of conflicting reports and the Soviet Union tried to hide a lot of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, the rest is history. And if you go and visit today, uh, please be respectful when you go. <laughs> be like, be respectful. There's a lot of tragedy that happened there. So don't be a total dick about it. Yep. If you have yeah. any uh, requests for future episodes, feel free to not only DM us, but follow us on Twitter. We're fastpast1. Oh, yeah. And you can also email us at fastpasspodcast at gmail.com. If you want any of the sources that we've used for any of this episode or any previous episodes, we can give those to you. Or you could quote us probably in a paper that you use. Just don't let us, uh, don't use the fuck words that we use. Yeah, please don't. We're not. I'm happy that we made ourselves explicit because at first we're like, we're only going to say the fuck word once. And then I ended up saying it like at least seven times this episode. This episode alone. Yeah. Yep. So thanks for joining us. Uh, It's been fun. It's been real. Uh, We'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.